0: This is episode 241 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life. Today's articles are Raising Chickens, the Ultimate Guide, and Conflicted, Betraying Friends, What Would You Do? Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, I'd like to welcome all the new listeners. And if you are listening and you are not subscribed, I welcome you to subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher or any other podcast network. That way you make sure that you will never miss a Website podcast episode and so uh today might be or this episode might be known as the big chicken episode and the reason i say that is normally i read two articles and then on on the thursday podcast i normally do a conflicted scenario so there's three there that i i really read from but this uh chicken article here that i'm reading from new life on the homestead or new life on on a homestead.com um Is it's a really long article. And so uh, that's what I'm saying. This probably is going to be known. Maybe it will go down in history uh, at the Prepper Website Podcast as the Big Chicken episode because it's a pretty lengthy article and one that uh, I think gives a lot of information. And so the reason I'm reading this one, and you might be saying, like, Todd, okay, some of us don't have chickens or we're never gonna have chickens. Or I don't know about that. I, I think that owning chickens is one of those things. That everyone should do, and really, unless you're in an apartment, uh, you can do it. I mean, there there are ways to do it. And yeah, okay, if you have a small, like a little townhome type thing, you might have some trouble there. But even then, I mean, we lived in a townhome when I was a kid for a little while, and uh, thinking about the little backyard that we had, we could have done it there if we really wanted to. And so, I think there's a lot of benefits to owning chickens. And uh, I live in suburbia, right outside of Houston. And uh, we had two chickens and we uh, really, really enjoyed it. I mean, there's a, a lot of advantages to it. And so I think that it's one of those things that you should consider. I spoke recently with uh, someone who has uh, a bunch of chickens and, and uh, they live in a suburban area as well. And they've been working on trying to keep it, keep them quiet. And they don't really, they're not really that loud if you can kind of keep them busy and stuff. Definitely, you know, you don't want a rooster or anything like that but uh, they do a little bit of clucking, but uh, they're not really that loud, and there are such big, big benefits to it, and so I really wanted to uh, read this article for those of you that maybe are on the fence, and then those of you who maybe you've never even considered owning chickens, but you know where you're like, hey, you know what, I, I could do that. It's really not that much uh of, of a time investment there's a lot of benefit to it if you are gardening you should be definitely you should be doing it and uh, and so uh, i think this is one of those real benefit beneficial articles even if you are not going to own some chickens here in the real near future it's a lot of great information to have and so uh, let's go ahead and get right into it like i said this is from new life on a homestead.com the article is entitled raising chickens the ultimate guide If you're a homesteader or about to become one, chances are you're itching to buy a small flock of chickens really bad. In fact, it really doesn't seem like you are even a homesteader at all until you have your own flock, right? But before you take the plunge, you should do some research first. This article lays out everything you need to know before you buy your first chicken, so read on. Why keep chickens anyway? Most homesteads you read about or check out on YouTube have chickens and for good reason. Chickens are a very useful economical form of livestock. They can serve many different purposes on a small farm or backyard. Let's look at a few of the ways homesteaders put their flocks to work. For food. First and foremost, chickens can be a terrific source of food. Egg-laying breeds may produce an egg a day during the first two years of their life. Five or six good hens will produce more than enough eggs for a family of four. Chicken meat itself is an American staple and if you own a rooster and some hens, you can produce all of the chickens that your family eats. Manure. Even small chicken flocks produce a whole lot of manure. Chicken droppings are considered a hot manure, which means that it is extremely useful when composting. Mix that chicken manure with grass cuttings, dead leaves, and kitchen scraps, and you'll eventually have that black gold compost that every gardener craves. Tractors. Chickens spend their lives scratching and pecking the soil. It's what they do. So the birds are a terrific asset for gardeners and small farmers. Set them loose in your garden in the late fall after everything is harvested. They'll help turn the soil for you and get the area ready for next year. You can also pin them in a fallow field. Let them eat all the plants and root through the soil to ready it for planting as well some people even keep them in a mobile coop called a chicken tractor to use them to turn the soil in a more controlled manner fast movers on craigslist chickens are a high demand item on craigslist if you have a broody hen or an incubator more on these things later and can successfully hatch and raise your own baby chicks you'll find a hot market available selling chickens you raise at home can generate some cash at a minimum any chickens sold will help offset the cost of feeding and caring for your flock. Pest Control If bugs are a problem where you live, stick your chickens on them. Free-range chickens will devour nearly any insect in their path. They'll eat ticks, spiders, grasshoppers, and ants, and anything else they can get their beaks on. Free Entertainment If you're a homesteader, you're not just trying to save money by working your land hard. You're trying to have better quality of life. Watching the chickens you raised walk around, chase bugs, argue, and just be silly is priceless entertainment. It is a labor of love to check and see how many eggs your hens laid each day. Having a flock of healthy, happy chickens will give you peace of mind. So getting started. So they're awesome and you're ready to take the plunge and buy some, right? Well, not just yet. Here are some things to think about before you dive in and start raising chickens. The law. Before you buy any chickens. Check and see what the local laws are. Are you even allowed to have chickens where you live? Many cities and suburban areas do not allow homeowners to have chickens. Other municipalities limit the number of chickens you can have. Some places allow chickens but ban roosters. Many homeowner associations have restrictions on the types of animals you can have in your backyard too. So look into all this before you purchase any birds. The Neighbors Even if you can keep chickens, should you? always take your neighbors into consideration. Roosters can be loud morning, noon, and night. Will having one or a bunch of hens cause problems with your neighbors? If you live in close quarters in a suburban area, it is really important to ask these questions, especially if you want to keep the peace. Then the time. Keeping chickens isn't as labor-intensive as caring for larger livestock. However, you still have to ensure your birds have food, water, shelter, and a clean environment. You'll have to spend a minimum of 10-15 to 15 minutes each day taking care of your chickens. Every few weeks, you'll have to put in some additional time to clean out their coop. If your family and you can commit to the time, you are ready to move on and get ready to buy some chickens. The Bear Essentials Chickens are easy to take care of, but they do have a few basic requirements. Here are the critical ones you need to consider before you purchase any birds. Shelter Chickens will need some sort of structure to protect them from predators and the elements. Most people keep their chickens in an aptly named chicken coop. Coops typically have a branch or bar in them which chickens will roost on at night. They normally have roosting boxes incorporated as well where the chickens will become accustomed to laying their eggs. Homesteaders often line the floor of their coops with hay or wood shavings which makes it more comfortable for the birds insulates the coop somewhat and makes it easier to clean out their droppings. In colder climates many coops are wired to support light bulbs which will keep the chickens from freezing. Other coops like the aforementioned chicken tractors are designed to be mobile. Farmers will move the coop from place to place so that the chickens can work the soil. While coops are the norm they aren't absolutely necessary. Some people simply let their chickens roost in larger livestock barns. Others use sheds or even garages to house their flocks at night. Plastic milk crates lined with hay can be a good substitute for roosting boxes in these coops alternatives too. Chickens will come to recognize their coop very quickly. Even free-range chickens will return to the coop at dusk to roost in safety if conditioned to do so. This makes it easier to keep your flock safe at night when they are most vulnerable to predators. Security Fencing When it comes to poultry, fencing serves two purposes. It keeps predators away from your chickens and it keeps your birds from wandering too far. Many homesteaders have what is called a chicken run. This is basically a fenced-in perimeter around the coop where the chickens can be outside. If you are going to allow your birds to free range in your yard, you will also need to have some sort of fence that keeps them from wandering off or keeps predators away from them. Standard 5-foot livestock fencing with metal or wood posts will suffice for the chicken run. You will need a good gate incorporated into the fence perimeter as well. If predators are particularly bad in your area, you may want to consider supplementing your security perimeter with electrical fencing as well. Feeding and watering. Most people use some sort of plastic or metal container design for feeding and watering their chickens. Many homesteaders use buckets or PVC piping to build their own as well. If you live in areas with colder weather, you will need to purchase a heated waterer to ensure your bird's water supply doesn't freeze solid. There are three methods used when feeding chickens. First, there is free choice feeding, which involves loading up your chicken feeder with food every few days and allowing chickens to feed, it, feed whenever they want to. Next, there is restricted feeding, which is feeding limited amounts of food at certain times of the day. Finally, there is free-range grazing which involves letting your chickens roam the yard or pasture to forage for seeds, plants, and insects. Homesteaders normally choose one of the first two types of feeding and then supplement it by allowing their chickens to roam the pasture. While free-range grazing is the most economical form of feeding, it is difficult to ensure your birds are getting the required protein, vitamins, and minerals they require if you don't feed them on a controlled diet. The diets don't do's and don'ts There are many types of commercial and homemade foods commonly fed to chickens. There are other foods that homesteaders should avoid feeding to their flock. Let's review a few of the most common in each category. Good foods Chicken and Pullet Starter Chick starter and Pullet Starter are ideal for newly hatched chicks and young chickens respectively. Broiler starter and finisher. Broiler starter and broiler finisher are used to rapidly raise broiler or meat chickens up to harvesting weight. Layer pellets. Layer pellets have the ideal protein mineral mix to keep your laying flock healthy and producing eggs on a regular basis. Cracked corn. Cracked corn, sometimes called scratch, is good food to condition chickens to root around and scratch the soil in search of their meals and then raising and feeding your chickens mealworms is a great supplement option mealworms are the larval form of the type of beetle raising them can provide you with a renewable high protein source that chickens love to devour here's a great video demonstrating how you can raise mealworms at home and so there is a video here and i'll tell you uh raising mealworms is very easy Uh, we do it in fourth grade it's a fourth grade uh lesson the lab that that the students do and uh, that is a way to supplement uh and so uh, i would recommend you know maybe looking into that and checking out this video Uh, then there's fermented feed fermenting any standard chicken feed 12 hours prior by soaking it in water can help increase its nutrition and decrease the amount of feed required overall for your flock here's a great video showing you how to prepare and use fermented feeds so again another video for you And finally, you can also keep a bucket with a lid in your kitchen and collect all your table scraps. Chickens love leftovers. Now, don't feed these foods to your chickens. Uncooked potato peels. Uncooked potato peels are difficult for chickens to digest and can cause them discomfort or internal problems. Avocado skin or pit. Like potato peels, these can cause digestive problems for your birds. Fish, onions, and other strong-tasting foods. Foods like onions or fish can give your chicken's eggs an unpleasant flavor. Eggs and egg products. Never feed your chicken's eggs. Some chickens subsequently develop a taste for eggs and will then devour the eggs your flocks lay. These are some general guidelines for what to feed and what to avoid feeding your chickens. There is more in-depth information on this subject here. And I would recommend going and checking out the extra information because there's more Uh, that you shouldn't be feeding, uh, the chickens definitely. All right. So, uh, baby chick supplies. If you opt to purchase baby chicks or hatch some of, from an existing flock, you will also need special supplies for them as well. Baby chicks raised away from a mother hen will need some sort of brooder, a box or pen where they can be safely contained at consistently high temperatures. They will need some sort of heat source like a lamp that can keep the brooder at the required temperature. The chicks will need their own special feeders and waterers and a medium such as wood shavings or a brooder substrate. Baby chicks will need to be raised indoors in an area free from drafts, temperature swings, and predators. Many people will set up the brooder in a spare room, a basement, or an insulated garage. Chicks will have to spend eight weeks in the brooder before they can be transitioned to their run outdoors. All right, so let's talk about some chicken varieties. Types of chickens. There are two primary types of chickens that homesteaders should consider purchasing. Broilers or meat chickens or egg layers dual purpose birds. Broilers are chickens that have been bred specifically to grow mass quickly and be ready to harvest or slaughter after 12 to 16 weeks. They typically do not lay eggs and can actually develop health problems if allowed to mature past a few months of age. Egg layers or dual purpose birds are used on the homestead to produce eggs as well as an occasional chicken for the oven or stew. Most of the so-called heritage breeds fall into the egg laying dual purpose category. Many of these birds are prolific egg layers, cold hardy, and great tasting. They just don't grow as fast or get as heavy as the meat birds do. There are also chicken varieties bred for display or to be kept as pets. Bantam chickens are small chickens that come in a variety of shapes and colors and which often have quirky personalities. Other fancy chickens, such as the silkies, are renowned for their fancy plumage. While these birds are fun to have and to show at fairs, they generally aren't prolific egg layers. Many homesteaders keep more than one flock. They may have a group of dual-purpose birds that provide eggs, produce replacement pullets, and serve as an occasional chicken dinner. They will also raise a second flock of broilers early in the season and slaughter them all at once when they are the proper weight. These broilers can then be stored in a freezer for later consumption. The chicken breeds. There are literally hundreds of breeds of chickens out there. Most of the dual-purpose birds have been bred to reinforce certain traits. Five of the most commonly kept chicken breeds are the Rhode Island Reds, The Rhode Island Reds is one of the most prolific egg laying chickens out there and is one of the most common types of poultry found on American farms, homesteads, and in people's backyards. The Bared Rocks. The Bared Rocks are another common chicken breed. They are noted for their distinctive thin black and white markings. Bared Rocks have calm dispositions, are great egg layers, and terrific meat birds as well. Silver-laced Wyandots. Another handsome bird in silvery with silvery black-line plumage. Wyandots are great layers and extremely cold-hardy birds. And then the Americanas or Easter Eggers. These birds are renowned for being prolific layers of lightly tinted blue eggs, which are always a hit at farmers' markets. They are hard, docile birds and terrific additions to any flock. A relatively relatively plain but hardy chicken that is a prolific layer of white eggs. Leghorns are the breed that most commercial egg layers raise, and they remain extremely popular on homesteads and backyards as well. The two that I had were uh, a mix. I had the a Bear Rock and a uh, Rhode Island Red, and uh, you know they, they were great birds. I mean, I agree with what they said here. Uh, you know, just good ones there. Uh, and if I had to do it all over again, I'd probably get the same type as well, just because I'm familiar with that, with those two breeds. Uh, there are many different types of broiler chickens as well. The Cornish Cross variety is popular and easy to find right now. The Red Ranger breed is growing in popularity as well. It has a really fast growth rate and is ready to harvest much faster than many other varieties. When choosing egg-laying chickens or broilers, determine what breed suits your homestead situation best and purchase accordingly. So roosters. A rooster is simply a male chicken. A young rooster is called a cockerel. When planning out your flock, all homesteaders should determine early on whether they want or need or are even allowed to keep a rooster. Roosters are noisy and often boisterous. Some can even be aggressive. You do not need a rooster at all for an egg-laying flock. Your chickens will lay eggs regardless of a rooster being present or not. The only reason to keep a rooster on your homestead, besides the entertainment value, is if you plan to hatch and grow your own baby chicks. You need a rooster to fertilize any eggs you want to hatch out. As noted earlier, some zoning ordinances prohibit homeowners from keeping roosters even if hens are allowed, so check your local regulations. Alright, so getting your chickens. You've done your research, you set up your coop, you fenced in your backyard, now it's time to go out and get your chickens. How do you go about it? there are two primary ways people obtain their chickens. First, they can buy day-old baby chicks online, raise them in a brooder, and then set them outside. Alternatively, they can simply purchase their chickens locally from other farmers. Let's look at both methods. Mail ordering baby chicks. Many people just starting out buy day-old baby chicks from catalogs or online and have them shipped to their homes via express mail. Many of the hatcheries offering this service are decades old, extremely reputable and have tremendous customer service. Buying your chicks like this can guarantee you're established, you establish a flock of quality birds. However, most catalog poultry stores require you to buy a specified amount of chickens. That number may be substantially more than what you want to purchase. Shipping costs can be as high as well. You won't see any eggs from these chickens for at least six months either. Finally, baby chicks will need extensive care and support for the first two months so or so of their lives, unlike adult chickens. Chicks will have to be kept in a temperature-controlled brooder for eight weeks and gradually introduced to outdoor temperatures before you can keep them in a chicken run. Buying local. It is usually quite easy to find chickens for sale near your homestead. Craigslist or your newspapers classifieds are a great resource to find chickens in your area. People often sell them at small hardware stores, farmers markets and country fairs as well finally if you live in the country you'll often find farms with signs announcing they have chicks for sale driving or chickens for sale driving the roads in your country buying pullets or young chickens locally offers several advantages first you can place adult chickens outside immediately immediately upon receipt and they'll likely start laying eggs as soon as you purchase them successful local farmers will likely have chicken breeds that are adapted to your area as well Finally, when you take shipping costs into account, locally purchased hens will likely be cheaper than day-old chicks. However, there are some disadvantages to buying your chicks locally. It is difficult to determine exactly how old your chickens are. You may end up buying hens that are past their prime when it comes to egg laying. The chickens you buy may be mixed breeds and not have all the traits you're looking for finally buying adult chickens from someone else may inadvertently expose your farm to illness that can affect your poultry so establishing your flock once you've grown out your baby chicks or purchased some hens it is time to get there in your homestead rhythms established here are some things you should consider doing getting birds acclimated to their coop run and yard when you start a new flock it is a good idea to get them used to their new environment Keep new chickens locked in their chicken run for about two weeks. Close them in their coop in the evening and release them in the morning. Keep their feed and water in a specific place in the run. Establishing routines will help your chickens acclimate faster to their new environment. It will also make them easier to manage in the long run. Free ranging it. After two weeks or so, if you're going to let your chickens free range in your yard, go for it. I let my chickens wander throughout our fenced-in three-acre yard all day whenever I am home. At the end of the day, or if I am if I'm going to leave, I put them back in the chicken run. Throwing a handful of chicken feed in the run is normally enough to get them all back in there. The so Chicken chores. Compared to other livestock, chickens are easy to care for. However, there are still chores that you will have to accomplish daily and monthly. Every morning and evening, you will have to let your chickens in and out of the coop. You have to ensure they have sufficient fresh water and enough food you'll also have to gather up their eggs daily as well you'll also have to deal with the bedding in the coop on a regular basis there are two ways to do this first you can simply remove and replace the old hay with fresh hay once it becomes fully saturated with chicken droppings if you decide to use this method you'll replace the hay every three to five weeks the dirty hay is a great addition to compost piles Alternatively you can use the deep litter method. With this method you simply sprinkle some lime on the existing hay once it becomes soiled and then add a new layer of fresh hay on top of it. The older hay will break down and compost beneath the fresh hay. Using this method you'll only have to replace the hay in your coop every few months. Here's a video describing and demonstrating the deep litter method. And so again, another video for you to, uh, to watch here on this, uh, on this great article uh, about chickens. Tidy up your chicken run every month or so as well. Rake it out and remove any uneaten or rotten food items that chickens have left. This will help keep the flies and vermin away. Chicken droppings and associated waste make great additions to compost piles, so don't let any of it go to waste. It is also a good idea to inspect all of your fencing monthly, every month. The predators certainly do. If you find your chickens escaping their run or even the yard, they may need to have their wings clipped. Many chickens, especially smaller breeds, can fly surprisingly well. They often become accustomed to hopping over fences with ease. If this happens, you can painlessly clip the feathers on one of their wings to keep them safely grounded. Doing this every few months can prevent your chickens from getting into trouble here's a video explaining how to safely clip chicken wings and again there's a video here that you'll be interested in and then culling from time to time you'll want to cull your flock if you are raising birds for meat they will generally be ready for harvest about 12 to 16 weeks after hatching additionally most egg layers become much less productive after two years of age at that point they're great candidates for chicken stew or soup if you routinely harvest chickens it is a good idea to have some basic processing items on hand to assist with what can be a time consuming process. Sharp knives, a restraining cone to assist with killing and bleeding the chicken out, a large pot to heat water for feather scalding, and large freezer bags to store the carcass are all essential when culling birds. Depending on the size of your flock and how often you process chickens, you may also want to consider investing in a plucker which will help speed up the feather removal process considerably. Of course, if butchering chickens is not in the cards for you, you can attempt to rehome birds that are no longer productive or simply keep your retired birds as pets. Predators No matter where you live, predators are always a challenge for chicken keepers. There are no shortages of mammals, birds, or reptiles that prey on chickens. Even domestic dogs and cats can threaten your flock if you're not careful. Keep your chickens in their run if no one from your family is going to be home for long periods of time. Lock them in their secure coop at night. If hawks, eagles, or other birds are threatening your flock, consider installing netting or fencing on the top of your run to keep them out. If skunks or weasels dig underneath your run's fencing, put some sort of wire mesh barrier on the ground to thwart them as well. Electric fencing is a highly effective deterrent for predators such as coyotes, foxes, and raccoons. A motion sensor light is also effective at scaring varmints away as well. Keeping a pair of geese with your birds can help provide your early warning if any predators threaten your flock. Large, boisterous geese may also help to deter some of the smaller types of predators. Chicken Illnesses Besides predators, illness is another common cause of loss to your flock. Here are five very common chicken ailments and how you can treat or prevent them. Rickets is not a communicable disease, but instead an illness caused by nutritional deficiency. It is normally found in young chickens. Chickens that fail to receive sufficient calcium, phosphorus, and vitamin D in their diets can develop this ailment. Rickets symptoms include poor walking gait, bent or deformed legs and gradual immobility you can prevent rickets by feeding your chickens a balanced commercial feed diet and ensuring your birds get adequate sunlight treatment of this ailment is the same although chickens with severe skeletal problems will need to be culled Coccidiosis is a poultry disease disease caused by an internal parasite it is easily spread through tiny eggs contained in infected chicken feces which other birds ingest while scratching around in their run. Symptoms include severe diarrhea, which can lead to death. The disease can be prevented by routinely cleaning coops and pens and by disinfecting water containers from time to time. Treat coccidiosis with aprilium or sulf- sulfa drugs, which are administered via drinking water. It is not uncommon to raise a group of pellets only to find some of your chickens bloody, scratched, and injured or eggs broken, open, and devoured. Sometimes a chicken will display violent behavior injuring others in the flock and leaving all the birds susceptible to disease. In small flocks, try to keep chickens that are all approximately the same size. Remove any chickens that demonstrate excessively violent or aggressive behavior. Cull any chickens that are exceptionally weak and unable to defend themselves as well. Also, cull any chicken that you routinely observe eating eggs, too. Roundworm is an intestinal parasite commonly found in chickens. Symptoms include diarrhea, weakness, and ultimately death if left untreated. Prevent roundworm by keeping your chicken run clean. Rotating the location of the pen from time to time can help prevent the disease as well. Infected flocks can be treated with the medication piperazine which is available over the shelf at most farm stores. Lice are another parasite that attach themselves to and feed on chicken skin. Infected chickens will frequently scratch themselves, shed feathers, and lose weight due to discomfort. If left untreated, lice will spread across your flock and leave your chickens more susceptible to other illnesses While lice are difficult to prevent, there are many sprays available that can kill them on infected birds rapidly after they become a problem. Chickens can be affected by hundreds of other health issues besides the common ones noted here. You can get this book if you want to learn more about other chicken ailments and how to keep your birds healthy. In general, there are several things you can do to optimize your flock's health. Maximize your chicken's vigor by feeding them a sufficient amount of nutritious food, Avoid the improper foods mentioned earlier. That can be detrimental to your bird's digestive system. Make sure that your chickens have constant access to clean water as well. Clean your chicken's coops and run routinely. Rake out and replace the soil in your run annually as well or rotate the location of the run altogether. Disinfect your waterer and feeder devices every few months or so as well. Never immediately introduce a chicken of unknown, untested origin to your flock. Keep any new chickens in quarantine for at least two weeks and observe them for any potential illness or unfavorable behavior traits before putting them in your chicken run. Breeding Chickens Sooner or later you'll want to experiment with breeding your own chicks. Doing so will enable you to replace chickens that are killed or culled. It will also allow you to improve breeds of chickens that you are interested in as well. You can either let the process occur naturally or use an incubator. Some chicken breeds like Cawkins are extremely good brooders. They will sit on eggs to keep them warm and take care of newly hatched chicks. If you have a hen that is a naturally good brooder, you can isolate her in a separate coop or pen. Give her eggs you believe are fertilized to set on and simply let her do her thing. Chicken eggs typically take 21 days to hatch so keep her supplied with ample food and water close by. A good mother hen will take very good care of newly hatched chickens and guard the birds until they are able to care for themselves. Here's a great video demonstrating how to hatch chicks with a broody hen. So again, another video there for you. If you want to breed chickens on a larger scale, you can also consider buying an incubator. An incubator is simply an enclosed heated box that replicates the warmth eggs would receive in a nest beneath a mother hen. Depending on the money you spend incubators can be fully automated turning the eggs and maintaining temperatures and humidity with minimal effort. Keep in mind that you'll also need a brooder to raise out chicks you've incubated artificially. Here's a video demonstrating how to use an incubator to hatch out baby chicks. Either one of these methods can work on your homestead. A broody hen is a terrific asset If you have one, simply enclosing her with a nest full of fertilized eggs is a simple way to expand your flock with minimal effort. However, an incubator can allow you to constantly be hatching a large number of eggs, even if there is a bit more labor involved. Three last notes on breeding chickens. First, it takes two to tango. You will need a rooster on hand to fertilize your eggs if you want them to hatch. Alternatively, you can buy fertilized chicken eggs locally or online and then use your broody hen or incubator to hatch them out. Finally, it is worth investing in a special flashlight called an egg candler to ensure that the eggs you are working with are incubating. Losses Even when you do everything right, you are going to lose chicken, so expect it. A fox or coyote is going to wander by your yard one day and seize the moment. A neighbor's dog is going to escape and wander over when your birds are free-ranging. A chicken is going to eat something that it shouldn't have and die suddenly. Don't get discouraged when this happens. Assess why the chicken died and take any necessary action to ensure it doesn't happen again. A predator threat may require you to mend or improve your fence. An illness may require you to consult your local vet and get medicine to protect the rest of your flock. And remember, having a system to constantly breed and cull your birds is a safeguard that can help you maintain a healthy, productive flock at a consistent size despite unexpected events. Parting Thoughts A chicken flock is a great addition to your homestead. Chickens are easy to take care of and can provide your family with consistent, delicious, and nutritious sources of eggs and meat. Use the information in this article and supplement it with other sources and experience to prepare to raise chickens. Then take the plunge and start a flock on your homestead as possible. All right, good article there, a lot of information, and you can see why I'm calling this the the, the chicken episode, right, or the big chicken episode. Um, just a couple of things, um, my chicken story, uh, I had bartered advertisement years and years ago for uh, like a backyard chicken coop. And it was one of those, you know, suburban, you know, trendy kind of coops, uh, you know, that you put together and you can, you know, maybe two or three chickens at the most. And uh, the reason I, I went ahead and bartered that was because uh, when I was on the campus, the first grade always did a uh, the life cycle of a chicken egg. And so they would get some chickens and uh, in an incubator and, and uh, the students would see them hatch, and of course there were science lessons that go along with it. So then the, the chickens would hatch, and then they would, uh, you know, get to observe the chickens for a couple of days. Uh, you know, in a, you know a little run that they would uh, a brood a brooding box actually that they would just kind of hold. And so normally by the end of a week, let's say, they would do something with the chickens. They normally would. Uh, they usually had somebody lined up that was going to ch- take the chickens or somebody with property or whatever, uh, that normally took them, or they would just, uh, give them back to our science resource center and that they would take care of them from there. They would uh, usually had people that would, would want them this year. I decided to, uh, this one year I decided to go ahead and take a couple. So I brought about, uh, I think I had, I had five of them. I brought five of them home because they were just, you, you couldn't tell if they were going to be roosters or not. And so I uh, brought them home and uh, created a, a nice little you know, box in my garage because it was wintertime and uh, had a heat lamp and all those kinds of things. Started growing and then one day, uh, you know, one uh, crowed in there, man. And it was like, wow, it was super loud and uh, got rid of, you know, put exactly like this article is talked about, put them on Craigslist. And I had, uh, you know, in an hour, I had a probably like five emails and so I uh, got rid of one of them. And then another one uh, turned out to be a rooster as well and got rid of that one. I mean, I still had the emails and I got rid of that one. So um, I wound up with actually uh, three of them. No, I think I brought maybe I brought four of them home. OK, so uh, I was left with two of them uh, anyway. And so I um, ended up taking those uh, finally out to the chicken coop after they were ready to go. And, uh, well, we enjoyed eggs for a, a long, long time. Now, uh, I did, there was a predator that got in there and, uh, dealt with it. Now, when you talk and, and, uh, they killed them and I hated that. Uh, but, uh, and, and I still can't figure out how it got in. There was no, uh, there was no way, you know, like they didn't dig underneath. There was no openings. Uh, so I, I still do not know how that predator got in. Um, that first maybe the first couple of days that they were out there this humongous hawk came and uh, you know we always see him flying around and there's always stories in our neighborhood my father-in-law who lives not too far away from us uh, told us that they have been known to pick up small dogs and uh, you know you always see him flying around but uh, you I guess you never see him up close but this sucker came and landed on my fence and it was just so humongously big I was like wow you, you just don't realize how big they are. So uh, I, mean, I went to go grab my camera by the time, you know, the, he was just staring at the chickens, but I guess he realized uh, that he couldn't get to them and then took off. And so uh, I went to go get my camera so I could take a picture just to, to let everyone know how big this, this uh, hawk was. But uh, of course I didn't get back in time. The other thing that I want to point out that I'm still kind of living with this uh, from time to time is I had him in the garage and I might've had him in there just a little too long because after a while you get a film of chicken dander uh, all over the place and you don't realize it until it's too late. Uh, You realize like this dust and you're like what the heck is it and then you I mean you realize it's all over the place and so uh, you know from time to time I still find some you know on items that I have in the garage or whatever and so uh, you just you have to go in there and clean it up you know and, and take care of it that way. But uh, you don't want to leave them in there too, too long because you will get that, that situation in your, in your garage if you bring them inside. Uh, besides that, uh, yeah, I, again, like I said, I think everyone should own chickens. I think it is one of those, uh, uh, one of those things that is just so beneficial that you, there's so many things uh, uh, with that. So anyway, hope you enjoyed that article. Uh, let's go ahead and move into our last article. And really, it's a conflicted scenario. Every Thursday, uh, Thursday podcast, I try to provide a conflicted scenario. Conflicted is a—it's uh, a card game with uh, scenarios talking about the apocalypse or the end of the world as we know it. Uh, the poop hits the fan, and there are uh, scenarios where you you're going to feel conflicted. It's like, what do I do about this? Um, you know, there are some uh, making me you know take some. Action that normally I might not have done, but because it's the you know, the poop is hit the fan uh, There might be some some Actions that I need to take so anyway So this is just a scenario card game of what you would do Um, I always recommend uh, because you know, we do get people that come to the website and they give their opinion, right? They leave their comment of what they would do and a lot of the times it's like well that would I would never be in that situation well, that's not the point of the game. The point of the scenario is to, uh, you find yourself in that situation and with what you know and how you, uh, you know, what, what survival knowledge you know and how you would handle yourself, how would you take care of this scenario with what you know and what the scenario is, is giving you and then kind of go from there. And so this is one of those that you might feel conflicted about. So let's go ahead and read this one. It's called Conflicted Betraying Friends, What Would You Do? Alright, here we go. One of your friends approached you and confessed to you that he secretly plans to kill another of your friends. He is so driven towards this that he swears he will also take out anyone who gets in the way of his task. You like them both equally and to help one would be betraying the other. When you press to find his reason for murder, he remains silent. How would you handle this situation and why? All right. Boy, that's a a serious one there, right? So let's go ahead. I'm going to read it one more time. One of your friends approached you and confessed to you that he secretly plans to kill another of your friends. He is so driven towards this that he swears he will also take out anyone who gets in the way of his task. You like them both equally and to help one would betray the other. When you press to find his reason for murder, he remains silent. How would you handle this situation and why? All right. So that is the the scenario there. So, you know, think that through. How would you handle something like that? Uh, What would cause you to uh, or or what would you do? You know, how would you go about uh, taking care of it? And so uh, if you just want to kind of think that through on your own, you're good to go there. If you'd like to think it through and then share your comments or share what you would do, I welcome you to come over to EdThatMatters.com. I have the link in the show notes, and you can come right over there and drop it in the comments section, and uh, you know share what you would do. And uh, sometimes we get some really great things. Uh, sometimes people think outside the box uh, differently than you would have uh, thought of it, and uh, gives you some food for thought. So again. If you are uh, interested in sharing your thoughts on this one, come on over to edthatmatters.com and uh, leave your comment in the comment section. We'll approve that, and you can share what you would do in this scenario. All right, so that's it. Uh, Again, conflicted, betraying friends, what would you do? All right, guys, that's it for episode 241. I do appreciate you hanging out with me. If uh, you are on social media, I'd love to connect with you on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I started including the links to social media in the show notes as well to kind of make it easy for you if you are on your phone or, you know, your podcast device and you can just link straight there. And so, uh, you know, just kind of made it easy for you uh, on on the show notes. And you can also come to the website, theprepperwebsitepodcast.com and uh, we have the links for you uh, uh, there too. Hey, if you share out our episodes, I really do appreciate that. Uh, getting the word out there on social media. We make it very easy for you if you come to the website. Uh, And then word of mouth, Uh, you know, that's greatly appreciated as well. Uh, The podcast is growing and I'm just very pleased that people are finding value in it. So thank you so much for being a part of the Prepper Website Podcast. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next time, stay prepped and aware. Peace.